you are listening to The Janine Garner Show. Janine is a leading expert on leadership and driving influence through networking and collaboration, passionate about bringing brilliant people together to achieve remarkable results. Join Janine Garner as she shares insights, interviews and conversations, and let's together make the remarkable happen. Welcome to the latest episode of Unleashing Brilliance. Uh, My name is Janine Garner and I'm your host for today. I am so excited because finally I've got the chance to chat to Jen Jackson. Uh, Jen Jackson is the owner and director of award-winning employee experience company, uh, Jackson. She's also the author of the co-author of an incredible book, How to Speak Human, which we'll be talking about. And she heads up an incredible team of strategic, creative and business savvy individuals. It's been a long time coming, this uh, podcast. We were just having a little giggle uh, offline about it because uh, our first scheduled chat, I was caught in the air on an eight-hour transit between Brisbane and Sydney because of storms that were running through. And today almost didn't happen because we are having lots of technical difficulties. But as as Jen said, we got there. We finally prevailed. So it's going to be awesome to chat to Jen. She keynotes regularly at conferences and industry events, uh, regularly invited to have conversations that require a fresh perspective um, on employee experience, and she's done a heap of facilitation around the world. Having worked with some awesome brands and businesses, including PepsiCo, uh, CS, uh, McDonald's, sorry, Blue Care, Origin, Energy, and Coca-Cola, um, Jen is all about championing the human and will always fight for work that considers putting people first and foremost. Jen, it's absolutely fantastic to finally speak to you. Hi. <laughs> Good to be well, on the show. Yeah, thank you for joining me. Now, you've got such a plethora of awesome experience and insight and knowledge, but before we tap into that, I want to know a little bit more about you. What what actually got you from where you were? Where did it all start back when? And how did you get up to here today? What's what's the little history behind Jen? Mm, well, are we going back to, you know, when I was two years old or maybe just yeah. only back <laughs> last 12 years, 20 years? Yeah, um, years. <laughs> yeah. so I, I, it's interesting and in, in reflecting on some of the questions that you'd sent through to have our chat and around, you know, how did you get into this? And whenever anybody asks that, it's like I've kind of just always fallen ass backwards into these yeah, businesses that are, you know, created over the years. And the thing I think that has been consistent throughout all of it is the understanding of um, human emotion and then coming up with the best way to communicate that in a, in a real way. So creating, um, I guess, concrete um, communication and concrete strategies out of just this feeling that we need to get from here to here. Mm. So if I go into that a little bit deeper, it, it comes from, um, I actually did a degree in music way back in the day. Um, and you know, my, my life goal was to be a solo euphonium player. And if you don't know what euphonium is, which nobody ever knows what euphonium is, it's half the size of a tuba, a big brass instrument. And I was going to revolutionize it because you can only ever find euphonium in a brass band. Um, and 
yeah, so I, back in grade 10, I decided I wanted to do music at uni, but I played the piano, but I got my strategic brain on and went, I'll be competing against thousands of people for like two spots at university versus I'll learn an instrument that nobody else plays and be guaranteed to get a spot in uni studying music, which is what I did, got into the degree, which is highly competitive, and then realised nobody really does this instrument. I'm going to turn it into the best jazz instrument the world has ever seen. Within six months went, that is a stupid idea and got into more um, music business and um, helping people communicate um, their big ideas. And so that was kind of where my first business stemmed from, which was around um, helping musicians create promotional videos um, of what they did so well to help them get work. And then every iteration of what I've done since then, which is 20 years ago, has been in some way, shape or form helping people communicate their ideas, whether it's been a director in theatre, whether it's been a small business owner and a brand, um, or in the last five years when we've really focused heavily on employee experience, helping leaders in organisations all around the world cut through and communicate what their messages are to their people. Isn't it fascinating? I always find it fascinating when I'm talking to people about the golden thread that when you look back has run through your career in terms of, as you said, this, this passion around helping people communicate. Um, how do you think sort of music played a part in that? Where was the passion? Where did the passion for music come from? And do you still pull on any of that same passion in the work that you're doing now? Or is it all linked to that communication piece? Yeah, I think it's still there in that um, music's all about emotion. So there's a the technical side of it. You know, can you play the notes? Can you read the music um, or, or not? But, you know, the best musicians, um, as everyone knows, are the ones that, you know, you hear it and you feel something um, or, you know, it's more than just the the notes. It's the whole experience that it creates. And that's, you know, very much what we do now. There was uh, probably a good five years of my life that I spent working in theatre and that was working with um, AV, so the audiovisual side of, uh, of set design. And all of that was about uh, what's the overall experience we want to give people and how do you use this layer to um, either um, help with what the narrative is, to, to add another layer on top of it, to, to create an atmosphere or a mood that people can then... Um, you know, convey more of their own truth in. So I think it's all very, very linked now um, because in, in communication and when we're working with organisations, it's, it's all about that. Let's start from how do you want people to feel um, and go from there because, you know, that's the, the, the prelude if we're using the musical metaphor to behaviour change. If you mm. get people to feel the way you need them to feel, then the behaviour will follow and the culture will follow from there. So this is obviously a, a massive passion piece for you, Jen, in terms of, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about this shortly, this how do you want people to hear it and feel something? It's, it's a passion piece. Um, can, you, can you think back to when that first became so obvious for you as to why that connection between the feeling and the hearing or the listening and the experience became so powerful? Is there a moment that you can remember where you went, yeah, there's something in this that, that needs to be taught that will create more influence and impact for, for messaging? Oh, I don't know if there's a specific moment. Um, I think it's just something that we've we've always done and then we're constantly, as a, as a company, we're learning from that as well. So you might do something and 
And for us, it's always been this lovely mix of, of strategy and art, um, you know, what people might call art and science, or it's the coming together of um, what's that key objective that someone's trying to meet and what are all of those structures around that and then what's the emotional creative side that's going to that nicely that um, creates the magic Mm. so yeah I don't know if there was ever a moment where I went hallelujah that's it (laughs) it's the secret sauce we've all been waiting for Um, it's yeah it's just kind of been always part of the mix where do it seems very natural to me yeah. <laughs> that that's what you do. So, so you went from a degree in music to then working in the music industry. When did this turn into a business for you? When did you start the business that exists now? Uh, well, Jackson itself uh, was incorporated in 2006. We became a company. Um, but in that time, there's been... You know, it's it's been a, a journey, and we've pivoted towards you know where's the market at? Um, how can we best serve the market? How can we make the biggest impact? Um, but it was really uh, just up until two years ago, um, Dugs, myself, and a designer um, that were was doing everything. But then two years ago, um, made the call. Okay, we've we're really clear on strategy. We know what we want to do. We know the impact we want to make. We have a vision. We know where we want to go so let's build a business let's let's create a company that um can do more um and help help more businesses um yeah so probably two and a half years is is really how long we've been going in in jackson so what do you see as some of the biggest challenges that businesses and industries are facing right now and Therefore, how your organisation helps them through that and provides a solution? Yeah, there's, I mean, it's, I love, you know, these sorts of questions because it's, um, it is such a great time to be doing your own thing. And yeah, there's so many different things that are happening at the moment where it's just, I don't know, it always feels like we're kind of just right in the pocket of what everyone is needing right now, which is really great for us. Um, but it also means that the, the mass tide is going to be catching up as well, <laughs> which is always a worry. So I think the one of the really big things at the moment and, and a lot of the work that we're doing is helping this, this stage in business where you've got um, you know, four or five generations working side by side and there's this generation of employee that um, are realising that it, it is changing and it's not going to go back. And how do we, um, how do we catch up because it's not slowing down? So the whole, I don't really want to get into the whole AI automation, robotics and all of that, but we are seeing the impact that that's having on workforces and, and the restructuring that that brings and the uncertainty that brings, but what um, the work we're doing in, you know how to speak human and um, helping people communicate better is regardless of what happens there's still humanity at work and how do we create the right space the right experience for people to bring the best humanity to work um, so that's the all of those pressures that are that are occurring now that are having people going feeling the uncertainty all the VUCA um, is is kind of good for us 
So, so before we go on to, because I really want to get into the book and some of your tips and ideas in there, but what are, what are some of the biggest mistakes when you talk about, uh, at the end of the day, organisations and small businesses are run by human beings? What are you yeah. seeing out there at the moment in your work as some of the biggest mistakes that some industries, leaders or businesses are making where they've forgotten this concept of we are actually a load of human beings trying to work together, sharing ideas and hopefully having an awesome experience along the way. I think um, the biggest mistake I see is that people don't uh, think about their projects from end to end. They just think about the, you know, the chunky piece in the middle, what is it? Mm. And then they're not building into their overall strategy is, you know, the work's actually not finished. The program's not done. The initiative isn't delivered until we've had that communication throughout and you know, communication coming from communicare uh, you know to share I think we've forgotten that that's actually what communication is about it is the sharing mm-hmm. of so often uh, we might get a call that oh we've just finished developing this thing we realized we've invested you know 1.5 million dollars into creating it over the last 80 months um, and we've launched it, but nobody knows it exists and it's not getting utilised. Or, um, you know, our new software or our new technology that we've, we've bought and, and built into the business, um, no, one, no one knows about it. And that's costing us money because we're not thinking about, you know, people that, yeah, the humans <laughs> have to use the things and they have to know about them. And then to cut through in, in the really... Um, yeah, the loudness, the busyness, the uh, competing interests, um, that being a great communicator is actually now just part of the job. Um, and, yeah, our, I think people's expectations are more that um, I'll give you my very um, much looked after attention if you've earned it. Um, so you need to earn it. Yeah, and on top of that, we are almost so connected that we've become disconnected right in terms of there is so much that we can communicate online without actually putting belly to belly body to body eye to eye that are you seeing that 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 is having an impact on people's ability to communicate as humans are we losing that that belly to belly connection piece yeah i think there's um there's definitely a little bit of that, which is why it's so important to create those experiences for people to connect. Mm. And, you know, when I think about it, so like my dear mum said when she first read the book and, you know, asked the questions like, yeah, what is it that you actually do? And being, you know, from dairy farmer, you know, family, mum and dad are just like, but that's just normal. That's obvious, isn't it? Um <laughs> which is like, yeah, thanks, just my life's work. Great, thanks, Mum. It's just, you know, everyday business. But it is a bit that we've, we all know how to communicate as humans because we are humans and we all know how impactful belly-to-belly is. But because of the busyness and because of whatever the demands or the, you know, fact that we are so used to the technology and the instant that we forget about creating those moments for just those random connections that occur where the trust is built and where great relationships are formed, where you're having a laugh um, and, and what the ripple effect of creating those experiences for people. Um, yeah. What, 
what a ripple effect that has across all of the other things that we tend to put those hard measurable um, markers on. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, isn't it? Now, your latest book, How to Speak Human, is uh, a fabulous read. I read it cover to cover. I was showing you photos earlier of various endless actually pages highlighted and notes being taken, and there's lots of lots of fabulous images in it too. I love the illustrations. But in your book, what, first of all, what, what made you go, I've got to put this on paper. I've actually got to put my life's work uh, up until now into a book. What made you do that and, and want to put that message out to the world? Yeah, it just felt like the, the time was right. Um, it had been something that you know, both Dukes and I had been thinking about and toying with and felt ourselves having the same conversations again and again with clients. Um, and I think the other factor was that we'd managed to build the team up to a point where we found more time in our day to be able to put to a task such as writing a book, which is, as you would know, a bloody big chunk of your life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, probably have just wanted to do it. Um, but it also felt like, uh, I, we wanted it to be full of case studies that came direct from our clients and the work that we've done because there's lots of great business books out there. Um, but again, you'd just see the same um, case studies over and over again. You'd be talking about Zappos, you're talking about Apple and all the, all the usuals and they're great, but often they can feel for you know, somebody who doesn't work in that business, like, okay, that's cool, um, but how the hell does that relate to me being a senior leader in an organisation in Australia with this sort of limited um, you know, funds that I'm playing with? So we wanted to pull in the actual real stories that we had from our fabulous, we call them collaborators rather than clients, um, and, yeah, I th we just felt like we'd, we'd earned the right to talk about it because we'd done enough. <laughs> I, well, I think you do, and the book quite clearly. I love the fact that there's all those real life stories and experience and learnings in it. And the book is jammed. It's got eleven strategies, twenty three tactics, and fifteen stories. Um, and it very much is a toolkit for anyone that's interested in uh, improving their communication challenges. Can you share for our listeners um, what, from your perspective, would be, let's say, the top three things that people need to think about when it comes to how they themselves can speak more human or alternatively uh, building more human experiences, experiences into their teams to get that engagement happening? Oh, gee, I really hate that question. Sorry, Janine. Yeah. <laughs> Only three things. Um, okay, so oh, really tactic. The then. Let's change the question. No, no, the question is great. It's just so hard. It's, it's like, oh, my gosh. Okay, so can I give you 11? No. <laughs> um, okay, so one I would say is, and it's a really obvious one, but it's never um, underestimating the power of visual to literally get on the same page. Um, I think the... You know, everyone knows it, but it's still something that I just time and time again, I find myself um, talking about with collaborators is, okay, great. And so that's what you want to communicate. And you, you've tried to have that conversation before and, and it hasn't worked out and people still haven't picked up what you're throwing down. Um, have you 
have you like put it down? Have you visualized what it is that you're trying to do? And whether it's the, you know, corporate five-year strategy, whether it's um, this is how the program will run, uh, whether it's uh, this is the new tool and how we want you to use it. Words are great and we're big advocates for words and language and, and using the right words, but visual will just win every time. Um, so one, yep, always go for the visual. Um, second thing I would say is leaning into the emotional side of work. Uh, you know, for a long time we were told to leave the emotions at the door, you know, don't, don't bring your problems in here. Um, but for leaders to get skilled up in, in, you know, where we are now in society and the, the boundaries around work and life are very blurred now. Uh, and especially with millennials and generations following millennials, it's, you can't do that. We, we do bring our emotions to work. So making sure that you've got those human leadership skills to navigate those conversations um, and understand them and understand how impactful and powerful they can be in influence and getting better outcomes for your team and, and for yourself. Yeah. Um, and the third thing I would say is speaking of language, uh, being really aware of the language that you're using around your team. Um, language is the foundation for how we feel. It influences our beliefs, attitudes, behaviours. Um, so what are we calling our, our people? Are we calling them staff? Are we calling them employees? Are we calling them our team? Are we using inclusive versus exclusive language? Are we saying we or are we saying I? Um, being really mindful of, of language. Mm, that's really powerful. It's so that's three. Yeah, I know. And I know the book is jammed with even more um, fabulous tips and tools. So, but I think you're right that that power of language is phenomenal. Um, how the I word continues to be such a part of rhetoric, um, both in business and governments and everywhere. Right. So um, this is, this is work that's needed through the line. So Jen, as a, as a business owner and a thought leader and a, an opinion maker and game changer in this space, what, what are some of the biggest challenges that you yourself are facing right now? Oh, um, for me personally, it's, um, it's, well, yeah, we're building the team, we're building the business. We've got some pretty um, crazy growth objectives that we're, we're hitting and, and, you know, continuing to set for ourselves. So it's managing the, um, managing the quality, making sure we're really looking after our unique selling proposition, which is this you know, absolute utter integration of strategy and creative um, at the same time as getting out there and, and growing the business and training the team. So like any small business owner would know, it's the <laughs> trying to do absolutely everything and maintain your insanity. Um, for us at the moment, our biggest challenge is we've actually just had a really really crappy start to the year with uh, a key member of our team getting diagnosed with a, a life-threatening, um, well, it's actually a terminal um, illness. So what that has done to us in the last couple of months has just been, you know, huge in like one massive shock. How do you, how do you deal with that? Um, and then as the, as the business leader, you know, what support do we have in place for our team? So, it's um it's really made us think about uh, humanity on a really really deep level and um, yeah what what our responsibilities are to to look after the team throughout this time and um, yeah 
be there for each other. So it's, yeah, tough, tough couple of months that if anybody else has had to experience that as a leader, they don't understand that it's, there really isn't a handbook for it. <laughs> so maybe that's the next thing to write. There, this is one of those um, interest. It's, it's one of those things where you can't get the seven easy steps to solution. No, it comes back no. to earlier, where you said communication fundamentally is a sharing of something, or the sharing of humanity, mm-hmm. or the sharing of information. And I think what you've you've just talked to there, Jen, is is how powerful your work is, uh, not just in terms of building businesses and teams and engaging and, and getting that attention out there. But the, the power of humanity and being humans at work is exactly what you are having to experience yourself in your own business. And I think it's, it is one of the biggest challenges as a leader because you're driving that ship and also looking after everyone in that ship um, mm-hmm. in the best way that you possibly can. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so if you had to define what success is in in your from your perspective, particularly given as you said, this is just a new and interesting and uh, insight into what humanity is really about. What would you say to our listeners that success is all about? Oh, success! It's one of those funny words, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, and it's such a personal thing for everybody. Like I look at my dad and go, he's just super successful. He lives on a farm. He loves his dogs. He's, you know, goes and gets on the tractor every day, goes slashing. And, um, yeah, I would call him one of the most successful people I know because he is not in any way looking at anyone else and, and trying to be anything that he's not like, he's just so (laughs) happy in, in everything that he has. And some people might look at that and go, he has nothing. And other people would look at it and go, he is rich in all the things that matter. Um, so yeah, I, I would say success looks like that lovely point in life where you're not trying to get anything else, but that every day you're just going the stuff in front of me is enough and that's because it's all coming from within rather than out i couldn't agree more and is there a is there one piece of advice that you would you would love to share with people that you've learned over your career something that someone may have Mm. shared at some point or something that you've experienced and you go gosh if only if only someone had told me that (laughs) (laughs) yeah look I think it's something that um yeah it's just been the way that we've always done things and that is at every stage of business when we've been starting out whether it's been talking to the you know SVP of of PepsiCo when they've flown me over in a moment's notice to have a have a like a two-day strategic offsite with them or talking to anyone down the street we've never pretended to be anything that we're not. And I think that's been, you know, to give anybody else that advice is to not try and hide behind the expectations that we wrap up around, you know, what it is to be a professional or what it is to be um, a business owner or a leader is if you're coming from a place of this is who I am and we're not going to hide from that, then the magic really does happen. Um, I can think of, you know, scenarios where people have said to me well what do you mean they're coming over to your house you know and this is talking about someone quite senior in a large scale um 
you know, the largest seller of goods in the world. And I'm like, going to just have them over for coffee at our place. And like, but aren't you going to like book out a boardroom? I'm like, no, why would I do that? We're humans. <laughs> We're people. And then you have a great conversation. You have a cup of tea and then you end up talking about the chipped teapot and then all of the beautiful gold that comes out of that. So my advice would be be yourself as corny and as cheeseful as that is. It's actually a really great business strategy as well. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Why do you think people find it so hard? Because we get this bullshit put into our heads from whether it's television or um, school or university or your first job where we're told we're, you know, we're graded on, on acting in a certain way. Like even at school, you know, you got marked down if you used personal language, like you had to write at an arm's length. It was never about me. It was always about, um, you know, I don't even know how to say what it is. You're talking about them and there and all of that. And then at, at uni as well. And, and then in your first job and we take on board all of this legacy around what it means to be professional. Whereas, well, what is professional? It's belonging to a profession. So um, you can really make up what your own rules are around that. Um, but yeah, it kind of became this blanket word for must wear a suit and speak in stilted language and uh, yeah, behave in a certain way that doesn't show our true selves. Do you think it's changing slowly? Yeah, I do. Mm. I really do think it's changing, which is great. Yeah, so, so what excites you to, to keep going? What do you see around you where you, it almost becomes the evidence to the work that you're doing? It's the thing that keeps you going. Yeah, uh, the easy one for me is is seeing the impact that it has with with clients, or when you have that um, the phone call, or you have another meeting, uh, you know, a few months after something that you've done has landed, and you're hearing the response from it, or it's gone viral within the with inside the business, or um, from a simple conversation where <laughs> you know, I can think of a specific example where it was with a very um, male blokey uh, industry that we were working with and we we're you know, talking about the concept of empathy and there's a, a conversation that goes, yeah, so I was told I needed to do empathy and I'm like, I don't even know what empathy is. It sounds like <laughs> bullshit to me. And then so, I, you know, I, I went and tried it and turns out it works. <laughs> And it's like, ah, just those lovely little moments of, of realisation where, yeah, you can do the human stuff and not be seen as soft or um, it can just improve the relationships that you have. Which is exactly what this podcast is about in terms of the unleashing that, that brilliance to become whoever you are. It's, it's like when you unlock that possibility in people to just be who they're supposed to be, leaving their particular impact or doing the work that they do that's that's when you're you know that your your job's almost done it's brilliant so knowing some of your mates and tribe that you hang out with I can imagine that the conversations uh get very interesting so I'm sure that you've probably got a reading list as long as your arm um I'm curious what are you reading right now that you would definitely get other people to read apart from your own book of course <laughs> um well I'm actually not uh, reading much business at the moment because I am well deep into a uh fantasy series by Robin Hobb um and so 
yeah, but I would recommend everyone read fantasy because uh, it's just the best. It's all about world building and and creating of different systems and frameworks and structures and the character analysis incredible in it. Um, and the thing I think about, and, and so Dukes, who co-author of the book, he's the real wordsmith of the two of us when it comes to writing. Um, I think his writing is so, so strong because of all of the, the fiction that he reads. Um, it makes it easier to speak conversationally, to use a, a more engaging tone. Um, so you know what? I would recommend reading more fiction. And the other thing I would recommend that we've really just gotten into lately is the, um, the Masterclass series. Have you seen that online? Yes, um, it's just isn't it? So the Masterclass series, absolutely. I love that. Now, before I log off, what was the fantasy series called again? Well, it's Fits in the Fool is what you'd have to just look up. Okay, I will. I'm a massive uh, fantasy book reader too, and I love it when I get a series that I can't get out of. So uh, that's that's me selfishly oh, writing that down. So thank you. Perfect. Um, well, that's so 14 my, books in the probably you two years of your life. Brilliant. <laughs> I love it. My only challenge is it actually stops me doing anything else because I get so into them. Um, so we often... Um, have conversations where we're asked about what it is that we want to become. My final question for you is how do you or your organization or you and Dukes want to be remembered in terms of what it is that you've you've done? What do you want to be remembered for? Just being top humans. Yay. And I think you already are. That. <laughs> I yeah, think you already no, are. top humans. I Top humans and, and good good parents to our cat. <laughs> Come to our house. Two cats, a dog and a lizard. There's plenty of parenting needed. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, it's been absolutely awesome to chat with you. I mean, for me, just to, to wrap it up for our listeners, there are so many gems in there. I highly recommend you grab a copy of Jen's book, How to Speak Human. Um, she talks at, at, in depth about um, all of the things that we've covered off today, but particularly uh, the things that resonated for me were not forgetting that communication fundamentally is the sharing of information in yourselves. Um, the fact that we are emotional beings and uh, the sooner that we can own our own emotions as well as be respectful of other emotions um, that's going to create incredible uh, leverage uh, for all of us uh, the power of visual absolutely um, that whole concept of a picture tells a thousand words um, I think all of us it doesn't matter what size of organization big or small that is incredibly important and I particularly loved hearing your story about the music degree then through to working with uh, music businesses and then the work that you're doing now, the incredible work that you're doing now, which fundamentally is how do you communicate in such a way that people not only hear what you're trying to say, but they feel something, they experience something that will drive change. Um, thank you so much, Jen. It's been an absolute joy to speak to you. I can't wait to meet you because I know I will one day and I look forward to following in your work and supporting all that you do. How can people get hold of you? Well, they can uh, jump onto the website or um, come follow me on Instagram. I post maybe once every blue moon. 
Um, or LinkedIn is probably the easiest and just search for Jen Jackson on LinkedIn. Excellent. Thanks so much, Jen. It's been fab to speak to you. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Janine Garner Show. To follow her blog, purchase her books or find out more, visit her website, janinegarner.com.au. Brilliant people, extraordinary results.